Yeah. Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are going to get into the Institute for Supply Management Manufacturing Report on Business, a series that we host with the Institute for Supply Management every month. And Lou, once again, the report, even though uh, others are reporting it, went down. The report's above 50. Many of the indicators are moving towards 50. Looks good, and we'll see how Tim Fiore fills us in on the detail behind it where the real secrets lie, Lou. Well, that's, um, again, uh, like you said, having it above 50 is always the good news. The question is about the breakout and what what makes up the numbers, because I know from the uh, heavy manufacturing side, man, heavy manufacturing is uh, not as uh, prosperous. Um, this whole week I've been hearing, and I don't know if this is just plain mainstream propaganda, but they're beginning to use the R word, and uh, for those who don't know who the R word is, it's called recession. So, um, Mr. Fiore, welcome to our show, and uh, let's let's hear what's going on. Yeah, so thanks for having me, guys. Hey, 55.4 is a really good number. So, I've been busy kind of reporting out all morning. I haven't seen what the press is reporting, but, you know, down from 56, I mean, People are complaining about uh, 0.6, 60 basis points. I don't know what. It, I mean, this, this is this. And remember, we're measuring off of last. Uh, we're measuring off of August, so we're expanding again compared to August. And you know, right. I, I like to think that these things move in about a 25 point range in normal environments. And, you know, forget about the, the drop there we had in April and the rise we had in June. So if you look at that, you know, we had anywhere from a 15 to 20 percent improvement. In performance compared to August, so there's nothing to complain about here. Uh, so you look at all the sub elements. What are the economists talking about then? I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. I, I have no idea what they're talking about. But so, so what I look at is manufacturing, right? There's no doubt that we were in a uh, we were in a, if you if you say two consecutive quarters of decline, we were in a recession in manufacturing. You know, uh, Q1, Q2, no doubt. But you know, right. I, I, in many of these industry sectors, we're getting back to uh, pre-COVID levels, now, no doubt about that, too. Uh, home building, uh, automotive production, truck outputs, uh, computer electronics is doing well, chemicals. So, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think this is, this is one of the strongest fundamental demand-driven reports that uh, I've seen and I've uh, been able to report on. Now, remember, I'm, I've got a caveat in here, demand-driven. We've, we've had good demands. Uh, and right now we're supply constrained. The uh, I think the issue here going going forward is we know we've had a freeze in uh, capital investment because of the election. Okay, that's going to be over soon, and we'll see where uh, capital investment goes one way or the other. We know how to manufacture in a COVID environment, and we know what those COVID environments kind of look like now as you uh, rise and fall 
I keep trying to describe this thing as like the caterpillar ride at the carnival. You know, it kind of just goes up and down and up and down. And it, it feels that way. And, and I don't know why it would change much different. I mean, we've had a couple of big steps now. People are back in school and, and uh, many cases are showing up to schools and that could be lead towards expansion in cases and all that. But, you know, the, the hospitals have been beefed up. We've got PPE available to respond to that. So, you know, I, I think the, the issue to me is, uh, you know, we need the fiscal uh, stimulus to continue somehow, or we need to have a phase out of the fiscal stimulus that's acceptable to everybody and not just a fall off a cliff. We can't agree on something because that's exactly where we are today. We can't agree on something. We have 26 million Americans out of work, and nobody likes to report the number. But if you look at the uh, the gig workers and you look at the state unemployment, we got 26 million people out of work out of a f- 155 million workforce. Uh, generally, unemployment benefits are, are six months. We've been in this thing for more than six months. The U6 number is probably going up. Uh, you know, the economists can say that we're in a recession. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't do something on the stimulus side here. From a fiscal standpoint, we could very well end up in a stopping of the growth profile. <laughs> okay, so you guys want to talk about the technicalities of the report? Oh, yeah, please. That's where the magic is. All right, all right. So, hey, demand at uh, demand came in really strong. New orders at 60.2. 60.2. That's a nice number. Uh, I, I call that a a really good number. You guys know that. Anything over 55 feels good. You see a six in front of it all, it feels really good. You know, supported by a new export order number at 54.3, which is up a point from the prior month. So, you know, international demand is coming back. We're, we're getting a decent amount of new orders to, for export, which is good. And uh, that probably has directly impacted the new order number that was at 60.2. Customer inventories at the lowest level they've been since we've really been tracking this at least the last 10 years, uh, which means the shelves are empty. Our, our, our business panelists, customers' shelves are empty. And that's always a good thing if you want to produce more stuff because they got to fill the shelves. So I like that number at 37.9. That's a, that's a really, really too low. And then the backlog number is growing, 55.2, up from 54.6, and steady growth for uh, two straight months here, and, and uh, actually three straight months. And you know you operate business. You operate a business. Having no backlog is a bad thing. Chewing into your backlog is a bad thing. Growing your backlog gives you more confidence to hire and invest. So, so you know the, the, the demand side is here is good. Um, you know offset though by the fact that I mean consumer confidence number, conference board's number was up 20% compared to August. That's really good. The uh, preliminary on University of Michigan is positive too. That's a sentiment number. That's good. But, you know, we're into that mode now again where uh, came through our monthly measurements really reflect what's happening today. I mean, you guys saw the news yesterday and today about Disney, about the airlines. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people that are going to be uh, let go because of the end of, uh, of fiscal support. And, and, and the reckoning that, yep, you're right, we're, we're not going to really be able to reopen Disney like we used to open it for a year and a half. So, there's no reason to hold on to all these people. So we're, you know, we're seeing that. Uh, I always say that uh, uh, employment is always we're always late to hire, uh, late to fire. So, uh, so you guys want to talk about consumption a little bit? I'd like to talk about the new order drop. 
from seven uh, seven point four to seven point it, the sixty point two is a great number, but why did it drop seven seven point four points? Well, it didn't drop; it just didn't expand as fast. So, I mean, <laughs> think about it. Like, like I said, this is the second pure month of reopening. Of, of this is a pure month. We had companies starting to reopen three months ago. Uh, last month right. was the first pure month. And and with that, we saw a really strong new order number, right? 67.6 compared to the prior month, which was obviously a lot worse. So you would right. expect this thing to kind of stabilize at a 57. I mean, 57, I would be happy with a 57. I mean, 60.2 is really good. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. You can argue that. If you were, I know. That's... I mean, I, like I said, I see this thing operating in a 25-point range. So that's like a 40% improvement over the month of August. So, uh, yeah, so that's not – if you look at it – I, I look at it month-to-month, month too, because the month-to-month month change impacts the PMI number. It either is positive to the PMI or it's negative to the PMI. In the month of September, mm-hmm. the new order number was negative to the PMI, meaning that it dragged it down somewhat compared to August. And then what offset was what offset that was really the, uh, the the input side, the supplier deliveries and the inventory number. That was a 3.5 point gain to the to the, uh, the PMI calculation. And on the consumption side, uh, it was a point, 0.9 gain to the PMI calculation. So there you have it. That's why we're down 0.6. Is is primarily because of the new order number, not expanding as so, fast. So is the the fact that we're hearing that ugly word recession is that a myth? Is that a political myth? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I'm hearing it in my daily life. Uh, I, it wouldn't, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we went through the biggest economic shock ever uh, in the last six months, and like I right. said, I think we we were in one. I don't know that we're actually climbing out of one. I think we're in a, but we, I believe that we're in a manufacturing expansion at present. And mm-hmm. you know, if you look at this thing, transportation tends to lead everything. Then manufacturing leads everything. And then everything else follows manufacturing. So transportation is struggling. Prices, spot prices are up. Uh, equipment access is difficult. Being able to count on a transport delivering when you want them to is difficult. They're not showing up when they're supposed to show up because they're chasing rates. Uh, that, that's road road transport, road freight. Uh, you got ocean carriers having difficulty in the in the foreign ports and being reliably positioned here in the U.S. That that's all good stuff. That means there's lots of uh, activity going on. But the manufacturing piece here now has had four solid months of expansion, it's steady, 52.6 to 54.2 to 56 to 55. I mean that's really if you, if you look at the graph, it's a super V, a really narrow sharp. And, and and I expect that, uh, like I said, the last couple of months, I'm expecting 52 to 54. And then we'll just run horizontal here for a while at that kind of level until the election is over. And, you know, we know where we're going. And there's more of a, a, a future here to get us out of this uh, rest- handcuff-restricted manufacturing environment and shopping environment that the virus has brought. So for the last couple of months, I've been pleasantly surprised. The numbers have been stronger than expected. Um uh, and predominantly because the production numbers have been stronger than expected. That we've mm-hmm. been able to produce output in spite of the social distancing, the absenteeism, the high unemployment payments that were being made to people that in some cases they didn't want to come back to work. 
the fact that uh, people have to take care of their kids because the schools are closed. You know, I, I think that's the biggest surprise here is the production number has been so strong. And even even the employment number is headed in the right direction, Tim, on the consumption side. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, you know, we've talked about production, you know, really good. Uh, you know, three straight months of over 60. Can't complain about that. Uh, employment number, uh, four straight months of uh, probably five straight months of uh, of slowing of decline. So I, you know, so I ask the question, and I go through the, the, the comments that come in, and this is the best month we've had for hire versus fire ratios. So uh, we had three to one uh, hire comments versus fire comments, fire meaning layoff and furloughs. So that's the best performance that we've had uh, probably since Q4 last year. We had uh, two to one higher versus force reduction. So for the force reduction piece is the higher is the furlough fire added to that, no higher and added to that managing through attrition. So, you know, by far the, the majority of the people who commented uh, are commenting on the standpoint of I've got to find more people. I'm expanding this record sales. I can't find enough. The skill levels aren't there. So, so that's, that's the best number that we've had uh, in a long time. And then, you know, the other thing you guys know that I watch is sentiment. I, I watch the sentiment side. And we had 2.3 positive comments to one not so positive comment. And those not so positive comments were primarily tied to certain industry sectors, the machinery sector. Uh, you know, this, the, that's where capital goods are essentially in a lot of cases made. And, and that's where you see those show up. Uh, Obviously, the petroleum and coal products area is still very negative on that. Uh, uh, wood, pro- wood products being impacted somewhat. Furniture uh, definitely impacted. So there's, there's certain areas. I mean, commercial real estate's in trouble, uh, uh, but it's offset by home improvement and new home sales. So uh, you know, like I said last month, we know which industries now are damaged. We know which ones are going to be constrained from uh, a, a good growth profile until the virus is behind us. And uh, we're just going to have to deal with them. I mean, the, the, the aviation side, you guys live that too. Commercial aviation is, is it's going to be on its knees for probably a year and a half, coming from a you know 10-year run of fantastic performance. I mean, we would just dream of making 54737s a month, right? right. That's a dream right. now. I mean, <laughs> they'll probably be lucky to do seven or eight because customers don't want them. They got, it. They, they got a lot of them parked out in the desert. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw something in the in the paper the other day that they're they're looking to shut down the Everett seven eight seven manufacturing facility uh, and move it all to Charleston, but they're going to do seven triple sevens up in Everett. But the seven four sevens out of production too, so so it'll be the six seven derivative and and a, and a triple seven in Everett. So I mean, and you know that's a slow cycle business, so it's, it's not going to come out of. Uh, it's it's a trough period here for for quite some time. Yeah, the triple seven is a great plane. Uh, Tim, uh, supplier deliveries on this report for those who view it is kind of an inverted number. Above fifty, they're struggling, and we're at fifty nine, um, almost sixty, where they're really struggling as demand in the manufacturing side grows. Am I reading that right? Yes, correct. So we had a couple things that factored into that. We have the the, the sub suppliers 
difficulty in delivering because of transportation and because of uh, labor pool issues, uh, absentees and all that. We also had comments come in around uh, the hurricane issue as well as fires in the West. Uh, I think the hurricane issue impacted a lot of plastics manufacturing facilities on the Gulf Coast, and, uh, and that plastic was needed. So it's not like oil where, you know, the refineries were shut down. There was plenty of inventory. You don't you didn't really feel the blip on that. But on the plastic side, we definitely felt a blip. And uh, you see that, I think, in our report. Prices are up for plastics pretty much across the board, polypropylene, polyethylene, PVC, all of it. So I think that has something to do with the, with these numbers, but predominantly it's it's a uh, it's the strain of the suppliers trying to deliver to demand at our panelist companies in light of the COVID issue and the transportation disruptions that continue. But you know we did make progress on the inventory count; it shrunk again, but it didn't shrink as fast, which is kind of good. We're getting uh, getting closer to a 50 point, uh, which you know is uh, is same as prior month. Uh, the, the, the PMI responds to a positive 50. That's that's where it starts to contribute. I think in my own experience here for the last three and a half years, I haven't seen a inventory uh, number above 52. So it tends to, although we had a 44 last month, uh, which is the lowest number I've seen, it doesn't tend to, to, to move in more than a 10-point band. But, you know, I think we'll make some progress on it this month. I think the supplier delivery number will probably ease a little bit, maybe 57. And I think maybe the inventory number will get back up to maybe 48.5, uh, You know, as the suppliers improve their performance in the month of October. Without any, uh, without any hurricanes, we'll see how bad the uh, the fire issue is long term. Right, right. And so some other points here. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Well, yeah. So you know, some other things here on the inputs. Prices at 62.8. That's a pretty strong number. You know, so that the sellers have pricing power for sure. Buyers have to pay it. And uh, and I, I think given the environment of difficulty in delivering, you know, they probably are paying it. It kind of reminds me here of what happened uh, when the tariffs first showed up and the whole debate about uh, are they going to pass it through to the ultimate customer or not. And we did a bunch of special surveys on that, uh, and everybody was confident that they were going to be able to pass it on to the ultimate customer. And then in the end, months later, after things starting to so- started to soften, after the summer of 2018, that optimism kind of disappeared, and that uh, the pass-through wasn't anywhere near as uh, optimistic as it turned out to be in, in actuality. So, so you know, I think this is probably margin compression that we're, we're kind of seeing in this. I don't think there's pass-through at this point. Uh, everybody's operating at higher costs, just, just primarily because you don't have the same amount of uh, labor hour utilization per square foot. You're, uh, it's costing you probably a lot more to transport. It's costing you more to keep your employees safe. And uh, there's probably also an, an definitely an inefficiency in output because of the absenteeism things and stuff like that. So, you know, so pricing pressure, I think, is good. Uh, and, you know, the import level is still at, at a, a, a relatively decent level. We've been 53 to 55 for three months straight. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens here uh, with China. There, there's, there seems like I think I mentioned earlier. There's, there seems to be issues with containers and things at Chinese ports and uh, getting stuff reliably shipped here to the U.S. It, uh, it's a big impact, primarily on computer electronics. Uh, but at this point, hey, this is really a good report, I guess, in summary. Uh, yeah, there's, like I said, there's nothing in here that gives me any concern. But 
for the month of September. And if demand stays as it was, then, I mean, this is definitely a demand-driven supplier constraints uh, the month of October. So the really, the really good news is I see it because, uh, you know, we uh, doing our raw materials sales and so on, but typically September, October, November are very good um, uh, months. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had a fairly good uh, two, three months, as you stated. Uh, I think that uh, October, uh, you know, I, I'm going to take a shot at this. I think October is going to be also a very good month. Uh, I think December, uh, I'm sorry, November, I think it may be a questionable month uh, as a result of perhaps uh, the the election, uh, not to talk politics, but somewhere along the line, politics affects everything that we do. So, but I'm looking favorably at October. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. You know, why not, right? I mean, the flu season hasn't fully hit yet. It'll be starting. And right. uh, there'll be a lot of commotion around the election. Uh, but people aren't going to invest in any more than they invested in September. So I would agree with you that, that you know, the next the next big, next big shift is really probably uh, the November time frame. And, and as we all know, that's also a short month, too, because of the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. So. Right, right. Well, Tim, as, uh, as things are picking up, what's happening with capital investment? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's been pretty much frozen for quite some time. I mean, industrial capital investment, right? Uh, non-auto kind right. of stuff. Right. People are just waiting. I mean, they're waiting. And, and the oil and gas industry is obviously has no need for it. So, and they're, they have historically been a strong, element of, of uh, CapEx investment, and, you know, they're not investing anything at this point. So, uh, you know, you see it a lot in our machinery sector. It tends to show up a lot in machinery, although machinery is a, is a real mix of a number of things. So it's, it's hard to just look at that number and say, okay, that's just happening with CapEx. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of stuff in there that uh, I, I like. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably got seven or eight sub-NAICS codes. Uh, each each makes up a percent of the total machinery piece. I'm I'm hoping that uh, machinery moves into the top six so I can start to watch it again. <laughs> it's a it's an yeah, interesting okay. category. <laughs> yeah, farm equipment, you know, uh, yellow goods. It's a it's a bunch of stuff that uh, that is of interest. It's it's infrastructure kind of stuff. I can't imagine just, that uh, the, the airline industry or the automotive industry are pouring any money into CapEx. Yeah, I would tend to I, – I think we're all sitting at this point, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we hear from our uh, our, our uh, the forging customers. Uh, there's a lot of waiting and seeing, uh, and their customers are waiting and seeing. Uh, and uh, I wholeheartedly believe that it's an election stall. Uh, without us getting into the conversation of politics, uh, every day seems to be a new issue or crisis of some sort. Uh, and I think that that's um, having an impact on uh, decision-making in terms of uh, manufacturing. Well, we had some comments but, uh, you know, there are more personal comments from board members. Uh, you know, I guess my only comment is everybody should get out and vote. 
I mean, you earn the rights. People people earned you the right to go vote. Go vote. Use your use your right as a citizen, responsibility as a citizen to vote. And it doesn't matter who you vote for, just vote. Yeah, I, I agree. My plug. And I got my mail-in. I got my New Jersey mail-in ballot yesterday, and my wife got hers yesterday. And she says, uh, "I'm going to open them." And I said, "Wait a minute. That envelope says it can only be opened by the person who it's addressed to. So you can't open my envelope." So we had a big <laughs> chuckle about that. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm, I'm fortunate that I live in Florida. So I think we're opening the polls next week. And and so we have a month to vote. Yeah. And the good thing is, is that because you're open for 30 days, you don't have that high concentration of people there on the one day. And, you know, I used to live in Connecticut and you had one day to vote. So every, you know, and, and so you're walking into a gymnasium, it's full of people. You've got a long line to wait in. It's cold. You know, it's not the positive thing down here. And my wife and I will go on a Tuesday afternoon or something, and there'll be nobody there. And we'll just we'll do our citizen duty and vote right there because I do like to vote right there. If I if I uh, if I felt like my health was in danger, I would definitely do an absentee kind of ballot. I have no no qualms about that. But I you know I will go and do my civil citizen's duty because you know I got time. And I don't understand why really you know the other the other states didn't open up their voting period for a couple of weeks and. That would have probably resolved all this arguments around mail-in ballots versus going in person. You're right. You're right. Well, Tim, wrap up this really good report for us as we close out this segment, and we appreciate you being with us. Okay, so uh, exceeded expectations from my standpoint. We underperformed from the economist standpoint, but but not by much. We were slightly off from the good expansion in August at 55.4, great number. Demand was really strong above 60 all the sub elements supporting demand moved in the right territory and respectably well the consumption side production and employment uh, got better uh, overall they gained on their contribution to PMI primarily from the employment number nearing expansion again and the supplier del- the input side supplier deliveries inventories prices and imports are, are all reflective of an input constrained uh, manufacturing economic cycle so very good. You know, very good report. We'll see what happens in October, assuming that people still have money to spend. I agree with Lou that uh, you know October should be another good month. And, and my feeling here is that I'm, I'm, I guess I'll step it up. We're we're going to run every, anywhere from 53 to 55 um, well, going forward here. Yeah. Well, I, I was saying 52 to 54, and I've been undershooting, so I'll I'll go 53 <laughs> to 55 this time. All right, we're going to have to quote that, 5355. All right. 5355. Welcome, and thank you for being on the show again, and uh, keep up the good work. Well, great to be here with your your listeners. I hope we're providing some value. Uh, Again, get out and vote. (laughs) Everybody everybody get out and vote. I'll talk to you guys. Well, actually, it'll be really close to voting time, right? Yes, very close. Yeah. 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 Well, okay, talk to you guys in November. All, All right. right. Thank you. Stay healthy. Bye-bye. And we've been speaking with Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Manufacturing Report on Business published by the Institute for Supply Management.org, if you're looking for their website. 
And as you're surfing the web, please visit JacketMediaCo.com, which is the parent company for all of the podcasts that we produce, including this show, Manufacturing Talk Radio, the WAM podcast about women and in manufacturing and business, where's Willie, who travels the country and speaks to us from manufacturing floors, Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, talks about the economy and manufacturing, some great shows there. Hazard Girls, which talks about women in unusual roles in industry. And Full Time with Amy Nicholas, speaking on that work-life balance and the challenge there. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.